It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. Today, we're having a very special episode. It's like our, our afternoon special of an episode. Uh, I am VA, of course. I'm joined by Jeff. Hello, hello. And Tim. Yeah. And Tim. The abstract concept of Tim. <laughs> and Tim? Lou. <laughs> Tim's dead, baby. Tim's dead. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> and Tim. Oh hi, yeah, my internet just totally crapped out, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm gonna leave all of that in. <laughs> um anyway, sorry about your internet crapped out, Tim. <laughs> I mean, I was about ready to announce Boomer, but I did not do that. But anyway, here we are. And we are convening on this very special day, Super Bowl Sunday, not to talk about the Super Bowl, although go Bengals, but to talk about how this week the dream died. The dream died. So let me set the table. Tuesday night, the Bruins welcomed the Pittsburgh Steelers to the TD Garden. Are you sure about that? Well, they welcomed them. I'm not saying. Steelers? No. Oh, did not I say Steelers? Steelers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't welcome the Steelers. It was also not the, it was also not the Pirates, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just drunk with grief. <laughs> I'm leaving that in, too. The Boston Bruins welcomed the Pittsburgh Penguins into the TD Garden. <laughs> for what turned out to be an extinction-level event. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Basically, 2011 died that night. It was gone. Wiped away in, I would say, one fell swoop, but it was actually a couple of different things that happened. Yeah. First, I mean, the Bruins started out really, really well. The second half of that first period was just fucking fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you could see, and it, it just looked like, oh, Jari's going to fall apart here with the number of rebounds he was giving up during that stretch. Great play. I was excited. Poston scored two unanswered goals. Cool. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> intermission happened. And everything seemed to be going fine. We're all feeling pretty good as Bruins fans, you know. Uh, first game after the All-Star break, right? Was it the first game after the All-Star break? No, uh, yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Okay. I, I'm i so confused. I'll be honest. So, like, Brad had gotten rest, so presumably that did only good things for his shoulder. <laughs> but Right. <laughs> so so first intermission rolled around and uh and then we went into the second period and at uh, 8 8 p.m i marked it in my mind a flash from the athletic popped up on my phone basically saying that uh tuka rask was not expected to come back uh to the team and that he would probably announce his retirement within days and i i went what and so, then, of course, this was only Fluto saying this with two unnamed sources, but A, two sources, and B, Fluto doesn't trade in horseshit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If Fluto was reporting, it's like, oh, no, he had absolute confidence in this. <laughs> right. So immediately I told everybody else in our group chat about it because I was just like, what the fuck, man? Right. And of course, I was so flustered by it that it didn't come out just right. <laughs> I just didn't know what I was saying. Um, so I'm like, holy shit. Um, so then it's re it was really hard for me to pay attention to the game after that because I was like, this was not something I was expecting. And then Pittsburgh went on to just obliterate 
the Bruins in the second period. It's almost as if the team knew. Like, I don't know if they knew ahead of time or if it was some psychic thing. Like, they knew the news went out at 8.08 and then they were like, we must fall apart now. How can we continue on without our compatriots? I don't Meanwhile, know. apparently Danton Heinen acquired superpowers when this happened as well. Yeah, fuck that guy. Like, honestly, <laughs> like it had to be fucking Heinen, right? <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of like, you know, it's like the, um, the ex-girlfriend who just makes herself over and makes herself look really, really hot. And she's like, and look at me now. two goals in 28 seconds. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's what ex-girlfriends do. Was it the second or the third period that we lost Bergy? Uh, was that early? It was either late sec. Was that late second or early third? I don't even know. Let's just say somewhere in this mess, Bergy collided with the boards after getting his skate mixed up with Sidney Crosby, and you cannot tell 844 me eight forty-four of the third. You cannot tell me. That Sidney didn't know what he was doing with that skate. I just, I just hate Sidney Crosby. He gets away with everything. I remember though, the two of them are really tight, and like a lot of their bonding has been over head injuries. So I'm, uh, I'm a little reticent to, uh, to throw around such accusation, uh, accusations myself. But <laughs> well, I want to blame somebody. <laughs> I am Brad's uh, rage. His unbridled rage right now. So I, I just, I saw that happen and I'm just like, what the fuck? I, you know, I, I don't want to see that happen to any other player, but to see it happen to Bergie, to know that, you know, he, he hit his head along the boards. He was knocked out of the game. He hasn't played since. He, he, Fluto said, oh, or was it Connor Wright? What was one of them was like, oh, Patrice Bergeron rode the stationary bike today. Like, oh great. You know, I mean, I, I know it's a thing. It's 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 progress, but it's just like I was gonna say it means he's not, you know, holed up in a dark room with no windows. Exactly. But I just I <laughs> I am just so full of rage because uh one, you know, Bergie had this wonderful weekend with his kids, and that was great. Two, Bergie's on the last year of his deal. Three, he's had a a bunch of head. This is his fourth documented concussion, I think. I mean, it's his first in almost eight, in eight years. Yep. But you don't want to see this happen to the guy you love the most. You I mean, my first thought there was just like he's a, he's he's already apparently uh, apparently on the fence about whether to keep playing. Every game he misses with a concussion ups the chances that the bad thing happens in June. Right. And we don't want to talk about the bad thing, but I've told you, I, I just, I know we're going to have to talk about it at some point, but excuse me, let's not talk about it today. Let's just talk about it in the, the terms of like, this is a, um, an antecedent, I will say. This is an antecedent, because uh, we used to have this thing in, in the field I used to work in, uh, ABCs, antecedent, antecedent behavior consequence, right? The antecedent is here is uh, is Bergie is knocked out of the game with a, a, a head injury. Nobody knows how severe it is. And now we have uh, a team that is losing. Their leader has been knocked out and the next guy to step up just fucking loses his shit at the uh, towards the end of the game. Yeah, what the fuck was that, Brad? Well, I understand what that is. Uh, you know, we can take so much, and then but finally... like at the same time, if you're, if you're tagged, if you're tagged as the team's next captain, like you could not make make a less compelling case for your cap for your future captaincies than, than he did at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah, he he just lost his shit. He he just did. Um, and I, you know what? I think. I think if Burry wouldn't have been knocked out because everybody's pointing to the fact that, you know, Jerry, Jerry gets away with like, you know, like uh, swinging his stick at uh, Charlie Coyle's abdomen, uh, you know, thorax and, 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 and Charlie Coyle's fine, but it's still something he shouldn't have done. 
And that could have been something that led to it, but it could have been a lot of things. It could have been they were losing. They lost Bergie. He just lost his shit. You know, he shouldn't have done any of that. I'm not defending him on that. I'm saying I understand it, but I, he shouldn't have done it. Um, I'm just going to say the, the game wasn't even they, they, the game wasn't even away from them. Yet. Was that after or before the rust goal? Um, I think that was after it was like in the, the final minutes of the game. I mean, the rust goal was at 1830. That's why I asked. <laughs> I think it might have been right after it. Anyway, um, I think, look, there's no defending his actions. He knows he did wrong. He should not have tried to explain himself. Who gave him the ability to do that? When you have a suspended player, just keep them away from the media. Yeah, that's not, that's never, that never works out well. And look, he started off saying good things and then quickly just like lost the plot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kind of like Michael Scott when he said, sometimes I start a sentence and I have no idea where it's going and what's, where it's going to end up, but I just keep going. That's uh, kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I, I have no doubt that losing Bergie led to this. Okay. I, I, they're too close. And. And and Brad has seen he didn't see like the huge, you know, uh, um, concussion that that took away most of uh, that one season for Bergie. But he loves Bergie enough that that's he did not think that that was right. So I, I get it. I get it. He had been on Jari like all game. I loved how he, he did try to prevent Sidney Crosby from getting a stick. That was hilarious. I mean, it's like the Brad stuff that's like funny. I love, but it's like, this was, this was no good. I don't even want to get into like whether or not I think six is too much or anything. He got suspended. We know he's got a reputation. They, we know they factor that in. And so they're appealing it and it, it almost doesn't matter because now it's just a matter of like getting money back. Yeah, uh, exactly. By the time the appeals through, it'll run, the suspension will run its course. If it gets reduced, he just gets, he just gets refunded. Yeah. Right. And honestly, like the very raw fact of the matter is overall, this wasn't that severe. Um, were it not for the stick swing, the punch probably would have been a, not a big, would have been a roughing minor and that's the end of it. Right. Right. He should not. Um, have... And anyone pretending that this is one game for any other player is wrong. I do think for any other player, it's three. Again, stick swing to the head is is, is a non negotiable with the league. Like that's uh, right. They, they they they've had to be that, but had that policy in a, in a post McSorley world. <laughs> True, and he got a he got an in person interview or uh, hearing, right? So that means doesn't that mean it had to be at least five anyway? If it's uh, in person, yes. yeah, yeah. We we all knew it it was going to be bad, and. This is at a time the Bruins can ill afford this. All right. Because we're not really going to talk about that Carolina game, but only in terms of this. If your top line center, after everything that happened on Tuesday, if your top line center is Eric Howla and you're missing two of your best three forwards, no good's going to come out of that. No good. No good will come of that. Um, no Eric so, Howla slander, please. I'm not. I'm not slandering Eric Howla. I'm he's just a perfectly chromium player, but he has no business being that high in the lineup. He's not. <laughs> a, he is not a Berge. We all know this, okay? Um, he's not a David Krejci, which I know. I brought that up. That's an old wound. I'm so sorry. Um, and no, I will not entertain the things that were said this week because I do not know why the media keeps bringing this up. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Do not if it talk happens, about it. It's cool, but it's not going to fucking happen. So like just just leave it stop giving us hope. No, I I don't I don't want to entertain it. I don't want to talk about it, okay? If you are curious about what I'm I'm not talking about, go look it up. Just look up David Krejci and Boston Media. You'll find it. I do not want to talk about it. I do not want to entertain it. I do not want to waste my time on that, okay? What I'm saying, and I'm not slandering Eric Howla, Tim, Eric Howla is perfectly fine. He is doing wonders on that second line. Okay. But this team, as it's comprised right now, without like their top line, their real top line, 
is not enough. It's not enough. So so basically, I did see someone on Twitter. I cannot remember exactly who it was. I'm sorry. I would totally reference you. I think it might have been Dream of Janney. It might not have been. Who said that Thursday night was a compelling argument for why you need to go get a second line center. This is not against Howla. Howla's great in, in, in a lot of ways, but he is not a guy who's going to be the top line center. So, um, so, so there we go. That's all I really want to talk about with that Caroline game, because there's really not much to talk about. I was like, they got beat. The game was precisely what you, what we expected. Now, after the fact, there was the matter of that made the season series be a horrifying 18, a score of 18 to one over three games. At least it's not 18 to zero. And like, you know, big points for uh, Charlie McAvoy punching a Nazi. Um. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. Um, I, I am all for punching the crap out of Tony D'Angelo. I'm sorry. Every time I look at Tony D'Angelo, I'm like, Chris Kreider had every right to punch you in the face. And I look at Chris Kreider as a national hero for that. I have a lot of respect for Chris Kreider for that because that was some real stepping up. That is leadership. You don't let a guy... And again, like the Tony D'Angelo thing, it just drives me nuts. It's like, we've known what this fucker was since before he was drafted. Yep. And the fact that you guys can just sit there and justify that he should be playing because he's so good. (sighs) No. It's not enough. It's not enough. And it shouldn't be. But you know what? I want to cleanse the air a little bit. I know I'm, I said we're not going to really talk about a huge amount of like hockey stuff right now, but can we just say it's pretty fucking spectacular that Jim Rutherford, old guy, has hired two women in the front office in the past few weeks, and he's hired Cami Granado, who's better at hockey than her brothers, Cami Granado, as um, assistant J- GM. I just, I um, just, both assistant GMs are, are, are women, right? Because, because uh, okay. is also an a, also an AGM. Uh, oh, I didn't know what her position was, but okay, great. Just, let's just be happy about that because like for as much as we talk about all of the negative stuff about hockey, let's talk, let's just have this one moment of, of light. You know, we need more people of color. We need more women in these offices because women know hockey, people of color know hockey. There we go. So I just, it's just when I think of Tony D'Angelo, it just makes me think of a lot of negative things and I needed a cleanse. Okay. So cleanse, but I'm glad that Charlie McAvoy fucking punched him out and and had a fight with him. That was great. You do that. You do that, Charlie. You're a national hero. We know it. The one good thing that's come out of Tuka Rask's retirement is that for the rest of the season, should a Bruins goaltender win? We will yeah, we see. Get, we get the hugs. The hugs. And that that is good. We all love the hugs. We miss the hugs. The hugs are back. So um, so that's good. Um, but we need to talk about Tuca's retirement. First of all, when earlier in the week, Bruce Cassidy said, oh, Tuca's not going to be practicing. So that sent up some alarms right like okay that's that's weird uh, so that sent some more alarms up and and so it's like okay he's not gonna be practicing this week so what does that mean and then it was followed like the next day with fluto's athletic article and then the retirement came very soon after like sooner than i thought and i was kind of hoping that he would have actually come out and had a press conference and had his statement. I know that he kind of was rushed into making a statement because, you know, we know that the the media loves to uh, scoop the person who's retiring as they did a la Tom Brady. Sorry, Tim. But, uh, you know, he, he should own his own retirement. And I was hoping he would come out and say it, but this is a different day and age and, and you can put out statements 
however you want. So here is Tuca's statement. I'm going to read it. Today is a day that I hoped would never come. But now that it's here, I feel I owe it to everyone to hear it from me. When I made the decision to have surgery on my hip last summer, I did so knowing that the road to recovery would be challenging. I also knew it was something I would have to do if I wanted to give myself a chance to play my best hockey again. The rehab, the workouts, the practices, all of it was with the intention of getting back to where I needed to be to help my teammates win games and make another run in a Stanley Cup. Over these last few weeks, I've realized that my body is not responding the way it needs to for me to play at the level I expect of myself and that my teammates and Bruins fans deserve. Therefore, it is with a heavy heart that I announce my retirement from the game of hockey. While I am sad to say goodbye to the game I love, I am so very thankful to have shared these last 15 years with the greatest teammates and fans in the best sports city in the world. We have shared so many special memories over the years, bringing the cup back to Boston in 2011, our runs to the final in 2013 and 2019, playing overseas in the Czech Republic, Northern Ireland and China, and of course, the Winter Classics. I am also, so thankful that I was able to represent Finland on the world stage and win a bronze medal in the 2014 Olympics. While these experiences were all incredible, what I will remember most about all of them is the bond that I had with my teammates, coaches, and team staffs, the memories that we will always have, and the friendships that will last a lifetime. Though the uh, uh, Through the ups and downs, I am so grateful for the support this team and the people of Boston have given me. I will miss everything that comes with representing the Boston Bruins. But now I'm excited to spend more time with my family and friends who never stop supporting my dream. Boston is special for so many reasons and will always be our adopted home. We look forward to remaining a part of this amazing community. I especially want to thank the Jacobs family, Cam Neely, Don Sweeney, my coaches, the equipment staff, and the rest of the team support staff for all they have done for me throughout my time with the Boston Bruins organization. I've never wanted to play for any other team. I'm so proud to have worn the spoked bee for my entire career and wouldn't have had it any other way. Kitos Pachon, Boston. Tukarask. I have no idea if I said that finished right. That's fine. Pachion, I think. Yes. Well, anyway. <sighs> my my overwhelming, overarching feeling is that I feel so sad that, that Tuka never won the Stanley Cup on his own. And he came close two times. I mean, not on his own, obviously with the team, but you know that he he wasn't the goalie who won the cup, uh, uh, like Tim Thomas did. Um, and I think I I have a resentment for fans who look at Tuca only as like the hey he didn't win the big games, he didn't win Game Seven, he didn't do this. Fuck that right now, just no. He every one of his three meltdowns in high pressure games, whether you're talking 2010, which like, um, no, that team was broken and was dressing Trent fucking Whitfield. Um, 2013, which like, sorry, VA, that's all on Andrew Ferris. Oh, and I know. The fact that, and, and the fact that, that, that Patrice was about to die. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah. It is hard to defend a puck that deflects off your players uh, your defenders skate um and, and that also was one of really the want to address it too like um uh, casper's dog events missing an open net in in triple overtime in game one uh, <laughs> <laughs> had that gone in they might have been a completely different series um <laughs> oh my god 2019 um the people to blame for 2019 are kelly sutherland and brad marchand oh god and if they win that game, Rask, win, Rask gets the cons Are you talking about so, Kevin, Kelly Sutherland in, in game five? Yes. Okay, thank you. Kelly thank Sutherland you. in game five and then Brad Marchand is like the most boneheaded line change I've ever seen. Like the common thread, not a single one of these is Rask. Yeah, okay, he could have scored, saved some of these goals, particularly the the one after the uh, after the, after the Sutherland bonehead, after, after the, the blown call in the game five. But like... I got a question for you. Why do people pick on Tuka Rask when 
You know who also recently retired and didn't win a Stanley Cup? Blundfist and Rinna. Yes. And you know what? I think all three of them have something in common, too. They've all only won one Vesna, I think. I have to bring this up to be sure. Yeah, so it's like I, I sit there and I understand there's this drive of Boston fans to want to win everything. We've been very spoiled by especially a couple of our teams here in town. So I, I get it. But I also will tell you that it is much harder to win the Stanley Cup than it is any of those other trophies. It really yep. is. Looking at it now, all three of them uh, won exactly one Vesna. All of them have been to um, the cup finals and lost. And yet the chatter around Lundqvist and to a lesser extent Rinna's retirement has been distinctly different than Rask's. It, it's because uh, it's because of a few things. Like VA said, Boston spoiled championships, all that thing. But it's also because he's not Tim Thomas. And people have just glorified that run that he had. And if you can't replicate that, then you're trash. Like, that's really what it is. There's a large portion of the fan base that thinks that this is, if you can't, if he can do it, anyone can do it. And if you can't do it, you're trash. Yeah, it was an extraordinary uh, set of circumstances that made him win that, like, standing on his head. Um, and yeah, you know, Tim Thomas had a lot of, like, guts, and he he was a journeyman, so he had something to prove. You know, he was a guy who was not a positional save guy. He was just, like, all over the place. Again, <laughs> look, I point to 2010. Yes, Thomas was injured most of that season, but he looked like fucking garbage that entire season, which is why he lost the starting position to Rask in Rask's rookie season. And no one expected Thomas to come back and reclaim that starting position. In fact, most of Boston wanted to burn him at the stake that summer because if he because it happened right after he'd signed a thirty-five plus contract. <laughs> right, right. So I think it's unfair to to compare Tugarask to Tim Thomas. It absolutely is. Um, uh, Tuka has a an amazing record the most wins by a Boston goalie. He, we would not have gotten to so many of those playoff runs without Tuca. And we wouldn't have gotten through 2013 without him fucking standing on his head. The Bruins almost had no business being there, but they were. <laughs> because he's the third, apparently he's, he's the third highest save percentage of any goaltender ever. And the guys by ahead of him are Ken Dryden and Dominic Hasek. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yep. 921 save percentage. Lifetime. That is I not also, bad. I also saw an amazing stat, too, that his wins are the most wins ever by a goalie drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not even so much a stat. It's just, like, kicking the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> So he must have won the the Leafs a lot of cuffs, huh? <laughs> oh god! When when TSN uh, stats tweeted that out, I was like, oh my god, that was the greatest thing. That's that's, that's boom headshot right there. But but I also think it's very important. I mean that that stat on its own is, is hilarious, but it means nothing obviously because circumstances, if they had been different and he'd stayed with the Maple Leafs, he might not have had a long career. Or he might have he might have even been better. Who knows? Probably not better, because we we know what the Maple Leafs were for fifteen years. You know, he might have improved their chances, or he might have washed out. You you just never know. It's like you know, it's 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 similar to the uh, like uh, what would the Patriots have done without Tom Brady? Well, probably nothing. Tom Brady again was that perfect set of circumstances that made him. I mean, I, I would, in a way, I would compare Brady a little bit more to uh, Tim Thomas's 2011 run in the respect that nobody thought he had any business doing that. And he did. And then Brady just kept doing it over and over and over again. So, um, so it's not a perfect analogy, but I'm just saying, like, you never, you never know 
what's going to happen. You can't predict what should have happened. Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm glad that Tuca was here. I really enjoyed watching Tuca. I knew what Tuca was, even the bad stuff. And you, it's like, you can sit there and you can be like, oh man, he's having a fucking bad game. Like he did in that one Carolina game, which was his last game. And something really wrong had happened, which caused him to let in five goals in the first period. And it's really sad. I, I got to see him in his last game. Uh, and I didn't know it at the time. So, but I, I, you know, Tuca brought me a lot of joy uh, as a Bruins fan. I've seen a lot of uh, other goalies come in and, and go. I did not really watch a lot of Tim Thomas. Um, I've seen a lot of like, you know, old games uh, since, but I didn't watch him at the time. And see, there's a lot of revisionism on, on the Tim Thomas experience. Yep. Um, because even when he was playing well, you wanted to die all the time while he was in net. <laughs> also, people seem to totally forget the fact that like he sat out a year because the Bruins were trying to trade him and literally left the money on the cap because of it without him actually playing a game. People just kind of gloss over that fact because... Like that was a big deal, and that's been completely memory, and, and it does seem to be com been completely memory hold on the Thomas discourse. Now, mind you, we know things about Tim Thomas now that make that Makes harder sense. to talk about. True. Um, I'm not. I'm not here to attack Tim Thomas. Um, I'm, no, no, I'm... but we're just saying like, there was a lot of things that got memory hold that factor into how people talk in this in in this this in this this sports city talk about Tukarask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I my my biggest criticism of people is saying that Rask, um, he uh, he wussed out, he left the team, um, he left the dream the team hanging. All all of these different things. One, your goaltending is only as good as the the uh, the defense in front of you. Okay, uh, you are the last stop. The, you were the you know the that's it. It's uh so if the team in front of you is playing poorly, that means it's all on you. And guess what? You're going to let in goals. You just are. Um so I hate that because people tend to forget that uh there are other teammates on the ice when Tugarask is there. It's it's only him. It's it's just it's all his fault. I mean, when the team wins, it's never Tuka's um win. Even even some of those games that he he stood on his head during the the, the Pittsburgh Penguins series of 2013. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like that was an incredible series. It really was, and Tuca was amazing. He. Uh, they they swept the Penguins. The number of deep overtime games in that entire run. Oh my God! That Rask, you know, the 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 Rask mucked his way through. Like I mean, like okay, like the only in I think with the exception of against New York, I think they had a they had they they had multiple overtimes in every series. Yeah, uh, well, the Blackhawks series they had like two or three overtimes. It was just uh, incredible. Um, and two of those Pens games went to at least first overtime. One of them was double because I remember because I was in Vancouver at the time, so like. Which was kind of nice because watching a multiple overtime game in a place where the in a, somewhere where it doesn't mean that you're playing watching a game at one in the morning was kind of swell. Oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember those those games, and I was just like, I would be wiped out and exhausted the next morning. But I'm like, this is what we do. This is what we do. And that was my first season as a fan. Um, so yeah, so I was, uh, I was hooked. I mean, look, I, I was like getting into hockey. I was just at the point where I was ready to, to, to really make it official. And then the playoffs happened and I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh my God. Again, this is the, like yeah, un unexpectedly discovering playoff hockey has got to be special. Like, again, there's a reason um, uh, that, 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 that Tony X there became a thing, right? Yeah. Accidentally discovering playoff hockey and holy crap, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's like Coke did meth 
And there you go. <laughs> what was that John um, uh, tweet? Like, oh, playoff hockey. Let's time to do, do a line of cocaine and ride a motorcycle out the side of a helicopter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. So it's like, you know, playoff hockey is so amazingly exciting uh, that I've even cut art classes and said, sorry, playoff hockey. I've got to go now. <laughs> It's free jumping from thirty five thousand feet without a shoot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild. Yeah, so I mean, my introduction to playoff hockey was watching the Bruins. Obviously, that amazing run in twenty thirteen, and Tuka Rask was a big part of it. And that you know, I also was just like, man, I love this guy. I love his name. I he has this like this like this veneer that's barely holding back some rage. Right. Whereas Tim Thomas would just let it out. But Tuca, like, I'll never forget the time that he lost his skate blade. And he was just like, look at this, motherfucker. This is my, I, you know, and he flung it. Didn't he fling it at the boards? And it just like stuck in. (laughs) Yeah. He's lucky he was like present to mind enough not to wing it at the, not to wing it at the zebra. Because he would have killed a man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to cut him, honestly. I mean, it was just amazing. I cut you. (laughs) I I know. The funny part is that in his like retirement video, that moment was there. Well, I mean, like, that's an iconic picture where he's just, like, brandishing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, what? What's going on? Come here, come here. Sorry, Boomer. Come here, Boomer. Um. So, yeah, I, I just, I love Tuca. I am so sad that he is no longer our, our goalie. Um, it is so weird when you're at the game and it's like they play that one organ thing and you you're used, you're supposed to clap and you go Tuka, you know, and it's like we can't do that anymore. It's not the same saying Linus or you can't say Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's only a two. Uh, Jeremy's more of a, of a of a chirping chant. Jeremy, Jeremy. Yeah, like that doesn't work. I mean, I guess you could go sway man, but it's not the same. Tuka was great, and we can no longer say. Two U's, two K's, two points. It's so sad. There, I mean, I just, Tuka's doing what's right for him. He's ultimately doing what's right for the team because if he can't play, um, you know, he, he, he can't play. And like, you got to give a real credit to him. And like, I don't think a lot of Tuka critics won't. It's like the guy recognized it wasn't happening and packed up shop. Yep. Yep. Like, think about the amount of, of pride you have to set aside to do that. I mean, Ego. arguably the only reason he was playing this year was pride. Mm-hmm. But then you set that aside and say, well, that didn't work. Fuck. And, you know, there was part of me that was just kind of like, just sit on IR. See how it happens. See if it works. But he, he just knew. I mean... If you're a 34 year old pro athlete, you got to be so in tune with your body to just know, right? Right, right. Which makes Zdeno Chara at almost 45 still playing. Uh, I thought Chara knew, but um, based on this season, has demonstrated that perhaps he's less in tune with his body than than we thought. Right. So I, I yeah. So so anyway, I this is not talking about Zdeno Chara. We'll talk about him when. We need to. Um, I'm glad he was still playing, not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so, so anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very sad. I think uh, Tuesday night I was really, um, I was really distressed. I know it sounds so odd, but I mean, we're all passionate sports fans. Um, and so I was very, very distressed, distraught. You know, as time has gone on, I, I feel a little bit better, but I'm still sad, you know. But and, in the broader context, like that was still a meteor strike of a game. Just 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 the entire surviving skeleton of the 2011 core out. Now, mind you, Brad's only going to be out for four more games. Bergie's doing stuff, which is a positive sign, but like, just, it's a reminder that 2011 was 11 years ago. Uh, yep. Yeah. And the and, salad day, the salad days are over and 
that's it's it's only getting worse from here. Now that you've said that, all I can all I can hear. I, I know some people really love Florence and the Machine, but I just find that it's a bunch of wailing. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all I can picture now. Is that's her wail in my in my mind when you said that? So, I'm sorry. Um, get that. That's uh, I'm using humor to diffuse how I'm feeling. I just, you know, had the statement come out the next day, had the article come out the next day, would I be feeling differently? I don't know. It was it, but it was a gut punch on 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 Tuesday night, and uh the reality set in when he made his statement and i'm sad and all i had to think of was uh well thank you tuka because i i really enjoyed watching you play and i enjoyed watching you win and even though um you're not a, a huggy guy or anything it was it was fun but also all i can think of is um we have no more tuka time and it it makes me it makes me sad. So uh, yeah, uh, look, I've said a lot of things. What are what are you guys feeling? Uh, similar. I'm just sad. I I like Tuka a lot, and I mean, as like the the sports, my sports world, Tim's sports world has been like over the last couple weeks has just been absolutely like demolished and crushed first with like the bucks losing to the rams then brady retiring now tuka retiring and i'm just like what the fucking hell yeah like like stop like that's that's kind of where i'm at and i uh it's been a lot to kind of take in it's been a lot to kind of process uh, not having Tuca sucks. The Buccaneers sucking again sucks. Like just everything with sports right now kind of sucks, and I don't like that because oh, and on top of all that, baseball's on a lockout and there's no end of it in sight because the owners fuck the owners. So like I'm just like cool. Everything's awesome. Everything's great. And, uh, yeah. so- so you're the dog sitting in a chair uh, with the room on fire, uh, you know, at the table. Everything's on fire. Everything is fucked and we're all going to die. Everything's on fire. <laughs> and, and you're like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's basically me right now. I am the this is fine meme. Uh, on the um, Apollo 18 album by They Might Be Giants, they have a bunch of like little snippets uh, not real songs, but little snippets of what could be songs. Um, and it was meant to uh, to be one of those uh, CDs that you put on random so that you would just hear these random snippets throughout. And one of my favorite one of those snips- snippets is, everything is catching, yes, everything is catching on fire. <laughs> it's such a great little 30-second snippet. Um, so that's that's Tim. Listen I, to that if you can. <laughs> I also I also feel like that gif that I uh, will tweet out on occasion when something insane happens of the guy trying to put out a fire with his vacuum cleaner. Like <laughs> that's just that's just how I feel. He's trying to vacuum up the fire, and well, it's just like not working. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I I enjoy his thought there because if you take away the oxygen. <laughs> you know and take away the the other fuel um you can theoretically start uh, stop the fire but uh, that's not how you do it with a vacuum i guess so <laughs> yeah um yeah so sorry tim your sports world is um is dying um you know uh, that's sad but you know tuka will um live on in our hearts you know i i you know i realized with tuca that i i kind of just love goalies i love goalies because they're freaking weirdos right and i uh and every goalie is weird in their own way right and i just i love that and uh you know i just also love his star wars name he's just got the perfect star wars name i just i'll miss the save by rask 
I'll, I'll miss the two U's, two K, uh, two points. Uh, I miss the Tuka time. I'm going to miss all of that stuff. It's, you know, and now we just have to move on. And, and we've had months to move on to Olmark and Swayman. And we obviously know Swayman's the future. So that's good. Uh, I mean, we we got the advantage on the Rask thing here of it being sort of a boiled frog situation, unlike the Krejci exit, where we yeah. just got tossed in the boiling water. We we got the gradual warm here, you know, we, we, we got a solid, if unspectacular, tandem with the promise of him coming back. He came back. It didn't work. OK, it's over now. We got clo- we got closure here is what I'm saying. We didn't right. get that with Krejci. Right. We right. didn't get that with Chara. We didn't get that with Krug. No. D- now, <laughs> now, um, I have a question. Do you think that Tori Krug and Robert Thomas are best friends now? And two, does Tuka have to give back the Bud Light? I don't think they can resell that Bud Light, so I think he gets to keep it. Okay. Yeah, there's that. He um, should have done a retirement press conference where he just drank Bud Light. And as for the other question, yeah, I think I think probably yes. Um, also, I, I have a question for you because you know these things better than I do. Tuka retired and it's not hurting the Bruins cap situation? It's gone. He's under... 34 he's under 35 when he signed at the deal which means it's not a 35 plus contract which means he retires and poof gone okay i i didn't understand that so um, like if you go depending on which site you go um i can't remember if cap friendly has a good thing for this there's there is the the daily cap accrual and calculation mm-hmm. so basically it's it's you know every player who's on the roster on any given day their salary divided by 180 or whatever it is um which means he does have some lasting um uh, um uh, uh, cap impact um to the tone of uh, one hundred and forty five thousand dollars apparently I, I brought it up around cap, um to the end end season but like to give you some other context Troy Grosnick accounts for thirty for three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars on the cap for the season at present Kyle Kaiser eleven thousand yes and eight thousand four hundred twenty five so that's how these things work right right. Okay, but okay. the whole, the entirety of his million is gone. <laughs> okay, I yeah, I just I was curious, but I did not know. So, all right. Um, on a related note, I didn't know Chris Wagner spent enough time on the roster to cost two hundred two hundred twenty five thousand, or is that or 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 is that the uh, oh that's the buried hit? That's why. Yeah, that's the buried hit. So, whereas John Moore is a bit more complicated because he spent twenty six days on the roster, in addition to also being buried. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'm going to share a couple of uh, couple of listeners' uh, thoughts on this. Not a lot of people came out and said it, but I think people said what they wanted to say on Twitter, and that was about it. But um, Adam Ramage, uh, uh, Ramage uh, at Adam Rambo, uh, uh, said, Tuka will always hold a special place for me. This also shows why it sucks that the NHL pulled out of the Olympics. And so he shared a screenshot um, that said, quick story about becoming a Bruins fan. I was on a Pats fan page in the 2013 finals run. There was a guy posting his Bruins stories. Because of that, the 2014 Winter Olympics, I looked up Bruins players so I could look for them on the different countries. I found the Saved by Rask calls so cool and was easy to follow the goalie since he was always on the ice. I watched my first Bruins game on TV January 2015 when I visited the U.S. Tuca was the first Bruin I really knew and watched and was my favorite player because of that. Thank you, Tuca, for getting me into being a Bruins fan. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, I mean, when I first, when I just heard his name, I was just like, I love this name. You just know, you know, and when you say it, uh, you know, with the the Finnish, uh, you know, way of saying it it's just great um i just i i absolutely adore uh his name and i I, and you know he's not wrong it's it's easier to find figure out who the goalie is and and follow them because they're on the ace all the time um and then we have russ hallowell on on facebook who um as soon as i pick it up uh oh here we go here's the comment 
This retirement really gutted me. Here was a man who gave everything he had to an organization for 15 years, playing the most difficult position and putting up historically good numbers. And yet we have to listen to uh, listen as the vocal minority plagued message boards, social media and talk radio and gave us their brain damaged takes about how the greatest goaltender in franchise history was a bum or too soft uh, only because he had to follow in the wake of Tim Thomas's 2011 run. Tuca was monumentally important to the Bruins and their status as a contender for the last 15 years. And this blister of our fan base was too dumb to see it. The, the Bruins deserved Tuca Rask. The fan base did not. Put number 40 in the rafters and make room in the hall. All right. So that's, that, yeah, that's a really good one. I love it. Yeah, um, I got some I got some thoughts on his clothes there. Yes. I, I agree that based on just raw numbers, he absolutely should be, be in the rafters and should be in the hall. I also don't believe for a minute that either is happening. Oh. Oh. So on the matter of the rafters, the Bruins have a minimum of four goalies in their history who, who, who deserve to be there. Um before Rask, none of whom are there. Whether you're talking Tiny Thompson, who's in the hall, but not in the rafters. Frank Brimzek, Mr. Fucking Zero. Gary, uh, Jerry Cheevers, who backstopped them to two, um, uh, to, two, two cups, left for a while and then came back. And then came back during that during what continued to be a late, the late 70s run of reasonable dominance. And then, of course, Tim Thomas. All of them won cups with this team, I think. I'm not 100% on Thompson, but Brimsek, Chavers, and Thomas all did. And none of them are retired. None of their numbers are retired. I'm not convinced Rask ends up in there in, in, in the rafters. Um, there's a couple reasons there. Among, among others, you don't retire too many numbers to begin with. And we already have, at this point, safe to say, three numbers from that 2011 team that will be. 33, absolutely. 37, absolutely. 63, I think at this point, is pretty, not, it, 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 it's pretty much a done deal as well. Again, I, I do think they should be explore retiring 46, but like if it's going to happen, it'll be in 30 years from now. <laughs> Right. right, right. But what about the Rangers? Don't they have a fair amount of people who have been retired and lifted to the rafters and then they just did that with Lundquist and he didn't the, win a the cup? Rangers don't have that long a list of retired numbers, I think. Okay. Um, the, uh, Down Goes Brown had a piece on this recently and like the Rangers were, were not a super busy list, if I recall. I think that Tuca should absolutely be in the, the rafters. I mean, if you're third in all-time save percentage behind Dry Dryden Hosh And he's number one in all stats besides, you know, cup wins and yeah. Vezina trophies for the staff for goalies on this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think he absolutely should be there. Um, I I want him to be there, but I don't make these decisions. So... We'll see. We'll we're we're we'll have to see what the the team's going to do. What do you think, Tim? I definitely think he deserves to be. Um, I don't know that he will be, um, but I I do think it, it's it's well deserved. I know, I know. Sometimes teams do try to shy away from uh, having too many retired numbers, but at the same time, like. When it warrants it, it warrants it. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I get wanting to have numbers open and things like that. But, I mean, it's not the Bruins' fault that they've had a ton of really good players come through. Like, that have warranted jersey retirement. Like, I mean, the truth is, for the age of the team, for the length of the amount of time this team's existed, they don't have that many retirements compared to, say, oh, Toronto and and, and, and Montreal. Or the Kings retiring Taylor Swift's banner. I mean, I'm sorry, they didn't retire. They lifted a banner in honor of her for so many sellout concerts. Same thing I mean, they're not the only weirdos to do shit like this. Um, 
I believe Calgary's done something like that. The Islanders have a banner for uh, for Bill, for Billy Joel, but I understand okay, Long Island is the whole thing there. But um, and and the Leafs have something up. I don't think it's a banner about a number of, of, of Bon Jovi concerts. But I'm like, but you guys aren't the Devils. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one banner that I really enjoy. It's not in hockey. But it was in baseball, and it's for the Tampa Bay Rays. And because I hate the Rays, this is hilarious to me. They have one that it's like ALCS participant. <laughs> so like, so they like they made it to the ch- ALCS. So they put up a banner for. I don't know if they still have it, but it was like yeah, ALCS participant. And when they lost the World Series couple years ago so they lost the world series but they gave out rings for the american league championship series so like they gave them basically conference rings but they lost in the world series if i get a conference ring after losing like the actual championship i'd take that conference ring and throw it so far into space because like we lost what the hell why are we getting rings but yes why throw it into space when you can pawn it? <laughs> well, there's that. But I was going to say, there's a bunch of stones that are worth money there. So, <laughs> I, It's just, it's hilarious to me that teams give out rings when they lose sometimes. Yeah, it could be lose. worse. The Wild have number one retired for their fans. <laughs> and, and Seattle, from the outset, retired to number 32, which is somehow worse. <laughs> uh, well... well Seahawks have 12 retired, right? For the 12th man. Yeah, so... Yeah, because Seattle calls their fans the 12th man because there's 11... Well, but my point is the Kraken retired 32 before they'd played any games. Well... They're the 32nd team. You know what? Let them do what they want. It's it's... That one... Like, if Vegas had retired 31 for being the 31st team, I could have seen that. I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. Now, Vegas has uh, informally, I think, retired the number of victims from the shooting, which, if I recall correctly. Ooh, that's... That's actually real appropriate, given that, the, for better or worse, the, the shooting became a very integral part of that team's character from the outset. Yeah, oh, yep. yes. And I would think it's probably an underrated factor in their first season excellence. I think they... Yeah, I think they wanted to be really great... Um for uh, to to help people through that tragedy. I was there that uh just a couple of weeks after the shooting and I stayed at uh the Luxor which is not too far away from the Mandalay Bay. I would suspect Vegas will be reticent to actually retire numbers though seeing as they apparently have the most horrifically dispassionate dog G- uh, cat GM approach to things. <laughs> <laughs> You're no longer useful to us. Go away. <laughs> I mean like seriously like They've done that to an awful lot of guys that were integral to that first team. And you know how few players are from that inaugural team still on that roster? It's like four or five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who is their GM again? It's Kelly McCrimmon now. Oh, okay, because it was uh, the guy that was... It was George McPhee to begin with, and he got uh, kicked upstairs so they could hold on to McCrimmon. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, look... Yeah, that team uh that team was special it still is relevant it's just it's it's amazing uh, <laughs> um they, what vegas has done is like unheard of so yeah uh, true. Uh, but yeah, no, I, they, 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 they they've already in their only with what's their fourth or fifth season in existence have been several things several types of teams that don't exist <laughs> yeah I, and i i say you know what um don't get mad at their their pregame show because it's spectacular, even when it's your own team getting defeated by the t- the knight on the ice. Go see it. It is hilarious. It is so fun. And you know what? When you're there, just 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 be happy to be at a, a hockey game. Enjoy it. Take in the sights. They have a lot going on there. They have the castle. They have um, the drum corps. They have, uh, you know, people dressed like gladiators and shit. So, like... Just enjoy I, it. I, w- I will say between 
uh, Vegas and Seattle with the two teams coming into existence, the NHL has done a really good job of like, or the teams themselves have done a really good job of marketing themselves and creating um, like logos, branding, everything like that. They've done, a, I thought both teams did a really good job of kind of just, yeah, creating an identity for themselves. You cannot, uh, let's, let's just put it this way. Those away uniforms for the Kraken are hot. I love them. I, I just love them so much. It's like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I need both jerseys. I need the home and the away. They're just gorgeous. I love them. I love them. I love them. And just that, that, oh God, that design with the, the tentacle and, oh my God, I love it. And it's like, it uh, looks oh, so good. And uh, who was it? Who was it? It was, um, that was uh, the goalie when they were uh, here in, um, in Boston. Um, it wasn't Grubauer. I don't think it was the other guy. Dreger. He has tentacles on his pads. Yeah. It is awesome. I love it. Oh my God. So fun. So anyway. Um, all right. So we have gone far away. We've, but anyway, um, any more final Tuka thoughts? 40 forever. If he's truly staying in Boston, which is what it kind of sounded like based on mm -hmm. his statement. It'll be interesting to see if he just fades in the background being a minor retired sports celebrity or if we see him popping up, whether it's as a media personality, which would be a riot, I suspect. Put him on a show with Felger! <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or in a development role or something, you know, one of these goaltend departments of goaltending excellence or some shit. Although I suspect he would be not a great player development guy, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I, I need him on a volatile. <laughs> oh yeah, he would. This is where you keep your milk crates. <laughs> um, I don't ask me how to break your stick because I've never successfully done it. <laughs> but I would love to see him on a show with Felger because, like, I could see him being like, okay, he's going to be cool with something, and then the minute that Felger says something, he's like. Well, Felger, I remember every time you said that I sucked and I lacked uh, balls, so uh, and that I was soft. <laughs> I know. I need. I need him on a show with Felger and him to passive, passively aggress, passive aggressively just list off his stats, and so just to prove, like, oh yeah, didn't you say I was bad? Well, this happened. So I just need it, like, just to throw stats in Felger's face and just be like, yeah. I actually rock. Yeah, it, it, Felger, I remember one time you were saying something about how I had hot wings and then I had the shits after that. So, you know, maybe you shouldn't talk about your IBS and apply it to me. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I would love to see that. It would just be so fucking funny. I hope, I hope that Tuca stays with the Bruins in some way. It does sound like he's going to stay here. I know he lives in Newton. He said his girls have friends here because they spend most of their time here, right? And his oldest daughter is now, she's going to be eight in May. Well, I, uh, I would stress this in contrast with Krejci, who the Krejci's who sold their house in Charlestown. Um, oh, yeah. Within a few months of their exit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, we all knew that Krejci wasn't coming back. I do not want to, to litigate this again. Uh, I don't want to talk about this more. It, but it, we all knew that he was gone. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. You know, we know that the Krejci's, when they do live in the States, they live in South Carolina. Yeah. I don't know why, but they do. She's not um, from South Carolina. She's she from isn't? up here. She's okay. Like, yeah, I, I thought she was from there, but they met while they were while he was in, Pro in Providence and she was at one of the schools there or something. Okay. So I was me just assuming things that weren't true. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's like you get all sorts of different information. So. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to, I'm not getting my hopes up about crazy anymore. Um, I, I just wasn't in the first place. So yeah, but I, Tuka, I want him to stick around. I think it would be fun to have Tuka around doing something. Come on during the playoffs. Talk to Felger. <laughs> I mean, Rask being um, part of the intermission report. Oh my God. 
<laughs> so what did you think of that first period, Tuca? Well, I think the goalie play was pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I can't say I would have played the net that way there, Razor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. A podcast with Tuca and Razor. <laughs> I, I feel like, 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 like it would just cause an apocalypse in Toronto. <laughs> Poor Steve Dangle would have a stroke. <laughs> there were two ships passing in the night, but you know, now we're going to combine them. Oh my God. That is into a Voltron of fuck you. Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that would be great. Uh, so it, it's, it'll be interesting to see what, what he, he does. Um, you know, cause there's, there's no more hockey for him, but there's plenty of opportunity for him if he wants to take it. Um, so we'll see what uh, Tuca does. And I hope it's something uh, fun, spectacular, and that we get to see him and his, uh, his uh, very finished way of commenting on things. Cause he's not a huge talker. So, but you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm going to miss Tuca. I miss you Tuca. I do like the podcast idea with with Razor. <laughs> <laughs> the first cut is the deepest with Razor and Tuca. <laughs> and then Tuca, like... Their logo can, the just, can, can just be the skate blade sticking out of the boards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Jeff, why don't you tell people where they can find us? Uh, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You uh, can find us uh, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Um, you can also reach out and talk to us on Facebook. We're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic. And, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at two U's, two K's, two points. Also known as at VA from RI. Goodbye, Tuka. Goodbye, Tuka. 40 forever. Oh.